Life Audio. You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today, I want to talk about how parents should respond when their child claims to be LGBTQ. Uh, I, I've talked about this in different uh, videos. I've talked about different aspects of this, but I want to put it all together in just this one. And there's two categories of there's two categories of kids of young people who identify as LGBTQ. But first, a word from our sponsor. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. And the first are kids with genuine same-sex attraction. Now, I'll, I'll just talk about myself. When when I was growing up, I had no control over the same-sex attraction that developed in me. Um, it was not a choice. It was not something I wanted. Uh, back in the day, it was not acceptable in society. So I obviously didn't want that. Uh, so there are obviously, and, and for men, it's interesting because for, for quote unquote gay men, they, it seems to be more hardwired than in women, uh, women. Cause I, in college, I, uh, I knew women who said that, you know, who experimented with lesbianism, but as after they graduated and moved to LA, they ended up going back to men and now they're married they have husbands and children and families and they're they're not um lesbians so there is something to it seems like it's hardwired in men and soft wired <laughs> in women it's it's more of like an emotional um emotional fat factor in women whereas men is just like it seems built in and so in in that case, when it's an, a child or a young person, whatever, who comes out to a parent or a family member, 
And that's the case. And it's, you know, something they can't help. They can't help that they're attracted to the same sex. Um, my, I mean, I've, I've, there's different ways to, to broach this. I always say that, you know, my parents were amazing at this because they believed that homosexual behavior was sinful. But when I came, when, when they found out that I was quote unquote gay, um, they, their response was so loving and so compassionate. And part of that was just, I think, cause I was the youngest of eight kids and they were just a little bit, it was just kind of tired by, by the time I was coming out to them. And, um, but they were just very mellow about it. And, and I, t- I've obviously I've done the episode on my mother, my mother just, we, you know, she had a breakdown when I first told her and cried and my dad asked me if, you know, he did anything wrong, but as a father, but, um, but then they just prayed for me, you know, especially my mother, she prayed for me for years and years and never brought it up again because uh, that's really, I mean, cause I get emails and messages from parents a lot and, um, that's really all you can do, which is not which is not a little thing. I mean, going to the throne room of God is the best thing you can do. Instead of trying to manipulate your child and convince them not to be gay, not to, you know, pursue that. Um, Yes, have that first conversation, have that initial conversation, or even more, have a few conversations about it. And, and just tell your child, hey, I want to understand this. Like, what what are you feeling? Why do you think you feel this way? And how can we help? How can we come alongside you and help you? Um, and some, some, you know, kids will accept that help. Some won't. It's, and it's interesting because, you know, back in my day, it was, I say, I've said this before back in my day, it was when a, when a gay person came out to their family, they would get, excommunicated from the family they would get kicked out of the house some not all the time but some this was kind of a a semi-common theme they would get kicked out of the house but now it's the reverse children are cutting their parents off if they don't fully affirm who they are quote unquote and so it's it's we've seen the sea change happen in culture over the last 30 40 years uh, because media, because, because media, TV, movies has made it so, has made homosexuality so normalized. It's normalized homosexuality so, so much. Uh, and it's shaped, it's completely shaped an, an entire generation, if not two generations or three. I'm thinking of Gen X and millennials and Gen Z. They've all been shaped by this. That's really, I mean, the best thing you can do for your child when they come out. And but if they're in high school, that's a different thing. Um, because I came out to my my to my parents when I was, I think, twenty two. But if they're in high school, I mean, they're you know still minors. They're living under your roof, and you can have control. You can control what they do and don't do like where they go who they see who they go out with i mean that that is an an option um obviously so 
But once they're adults and once they're on their own, there's really nothing you can do except pray for them and just love them, be in their lives as much as you can, you know, and there's all sorts of minds in the minefield of, you know, do I go to their gay wedding? Do I go to, you know, do I let their, their partner come for Christmas? Do I let, and I've done videos on those things. So that's how I would broach the, the, issue with a child. If I had a child, that's how I would broach it is I would just have an initial conversation uh, about it. Let them, you know, just listen to my child, hear them out, see what, you know, factors may have contributed to it and, and then just pray for them. That's what my family did. That's what my sister-in-law did. Who's in my book, Kim, she did that. She, prayed for me and prayed for me, but she was so loving to me and wanted to hang out with me. So yeah, that's, I think that's the best route. And it's not a one size fits all answer. I mean, there's, cause yeah, I don't know specifically what the dynamic is in every single family and situation. So there could be other ways to go about this, but that's in my experience, that is the best way in my experience, it, there could be different uh, options. Second, the second category of kids who identify as LGBTQ are ones who are caught up in the current social contagion of it. So apparently at Brown university where a lot of my friends went to school, actually the, my friends, the, the, the lesbians that I, that, were lesbians at Brown, my friends were now are now married and to men and have kids. So that's who I was talking about. Actually, there was, I think, three women from Brown who moved to LA who, who were lesbians in college and, um, and then ended up becoming heterosexual. So, but apparently there's, there's, you know, this article came out and that Brown university, 40% of the student body identifies as LGBTQ. Now that's, that's absurd. There's no way that 40% of those students are gay or bisexual or lesbian, whatever. Um, so obviously there's, and it says it's in 2010, it was half that amount. So in 2010, I guess it was 20% of the student body, which is a huge number. And now it's apparently almost half the student body identifies as LGBTQ. So what's going on? We'll be right back after this short break. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. 
I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So obviously, this is, and I've talked about this in other places, but this is this is the kind of way for kids to get credibility in, in high school and college is, or to gain popularity or to be noticed or to, to be rebellious or to be punk rock. Like this is the new way to be punk rock is to be LGBTQ. And I told this story before, but I was speaking at a standard reason conference a couple of years ago. And this young girl, I think she was a high school student. Yeah, she was. She came up to me after I spoke and very proudly and defiantly said, I identify, I'm pansexual and non-binary. And this is what, this is how we should respond to this social contagion aspect of it. Because I pushed back on her and I said, why do you identify as pansexual and non-binary? Because when I was your age, there was no such thing as that. So why do you think you're that way? And she didn't, she kind of choked up and her eyes welled up with tears. She didn't know what to say. And I I said, you know, are you doing this for popularity? Are you doing it for street cred? Are you doing it, you know, to be cool? What like peer pressure? Like why, why are you doing this? And she, again, she just stood there um, and didn't have an answer. And so sometimes we really need to challenge, especially this Gen Z generation who are falling for this, really challenge them on why they are this way. Because later that day, this young girl ended up repenting of of what she told me, repenting of being pansexual and non-binary. And she came to faith in Christ that day, which was amazing. Praise God. There is, there is this... Um, this category where there needs to be pushback. And I've done videos on this, which we'll link below, but I've done videos on the history of the gay movement. How, you know, how did homosexuality become normalized over the last, you know, since the sexual revolution, how did it become so not only normalized, but celebrated? I always say from us, it went from a sin to a sacrament, from a behavior to an identity over the last 50, 60 years. And I think it's important to challenge these young people and say, okay, you don't live in a vacuum. You live in a very specific time in history. And this particular time in history, this movement has taken over. And actually, I, it would be helpful. And I'll, again, I'll link the, the videos below, but because I do one on the history of the gay movement and another one on, 
I forgot the title of it, but it's um, about this book called After the Ball, where these two Harvard graduates basically write a manifesto on how to normalize homosexuality in society. They wrote it in 1989, or it was published in 89. Um, So I do, I go through that as well. So I think it would be helpful to take your kids through those videos and say, okay, look at the history of what's happened over the last 50 years, 60 years, and tell me that you don't see, because kids don't want to feel like they have blind spots. So when you point out a blind spot, they, they could come to the realization like, oh, wait a minute, I'm being totally bamboozled <laughs> and uh, hoodwinked and uh, brainwashed. And so I think it's, that is very helpful to go through, you know, Will and Grace and the Ellen and Brokeback Mountain and all these, these seminal pro gay TV shows and films and how, because there's, again, there's nothing more powerful than storytelling, especially in motion pictures. So storytelling obviously can shape an entire society and it has over the last, since the nineties, really that's when the nineties is when it really ramped up with Will and Grace and Sex and the City and other shows. Take them through that and say, you know, this, this is the history of where we were and where we're, where we are now. And do you think that this that the peer pressure of the culture has any f- effect on you in terms of you identifying as LGBTQ? Do you think that that's the reason why you're doing this? I think that would be helpful for, for kids. So take a look at those videos below and maybe if you're dealing with this with your child, maybe go through the video or I don't know if they would accept the video, but maybe send the video to them, both videos and, and just help them to kind of see the blind spot that they're not seeing. Like you're being brainwashed and you don't even know it because no one wants to be brainwashed and not know it. So I think that would be helpful and thank you for watching and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of the Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Thank you to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find more faith-centered podcasts about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.